Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Home Energy Design. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and today I have on Tish Shamaras, who is also a feng shui practitioner. What's interesting is Tisha was actually one of my first guests on the original podcast that I released like 10 years ago. Um, and she's actually the only guest that has been on all three platforms. I originally started out with Zen Chakra, which was the first portion or the first launch. And then I renamed it into Design 101. And then a couple years ago, we changed it to Home Energy Design. Isn't that exciting? I think it's so cool uh, that she's coming back onto the new format, the the new show, but that she's been on all three. It's kind of crazy to think that when I interviewed her back in uh, like 2011, 2012, how different my style was doing the podcast and how different our careers were at the time. And she lived here in Nashville at the time, and now she lives in Los Angeles. And she's actually married to Rachel Lane which I had on the show earlier this year. Um, podcast number 69 was hers. So anyways, I just think it's really cool that um, Tisha has been on the show numerous times. Um, she is, uh, you know, she's just really a, a great person. She has a great outlook just on uh, just the world, the planet, how we need to take care of it, feng shui and so many other things. She's an author of several books, and her book, Mind, Body, Home, is by far one of my most favorite feng shui books. She really captures the meaning of home and our intrinsic relationship to home in that book. And one of my favorite things about Tisha is her story. She started out as a practical law attorney, went into interior design, and eventually, finally, landed on feng shui and energy healing. And it's such a testament to our journey and how it's never, ever a straight line, right? We always look on social media and, and these people just, you know, have what look like these beautiful, amazing lives. And the thing is, the truth is, we don't see what goes on behind the scenes. And it can be very messy. It can lack clarity. But hey, it's all about the journey, right? And it got her to where she is today. And I'm so excited that she has met Rachel and her career is flourishing. And she's done quite well since being in LA. So I think it's great that she has figured it all out. And we find out in the show today that she's also, uh, I think she's already passed the test, but she's also becoming a literary agent too for uh, authors. So how cool is that? She's like a Renaissance woman. So I'm excited to get going on this show today and introduce you to her again. Uh, I do want to say that if you need to find out any information about anything that we talk about today on the show, you can just go to my website, Gates 
interiordesign.com. We will have the show notes there. And remember, if you like the show, be sure to go over to iTunes and leave us a review. We like to get those reviews and it lets iTunes think that we're important. And we are, we're doing life transforming things over here. All right, today, Tisha and I are going to talk about how she got into feng shui, being an author, and also we're going to talk about Earth Home School and achieving happiness in our lives through this amazing, incredible tool called feng shui. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome, Tisha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on. I've had you on the show many years ago. It's been a while now. Um, and what I want to do is I'm, I'm going to try really hard not to get too scattered here because I'm really excited to talk with you today. Um, so what I want to do is one thing that I get a lot from the audience is um, a lot of them are coming to the show because they're, they're lost or they're searching. And I want you to take us back because I think that your story is so incredible that you started out as an attorney and now you're in like the woo woo world. So tell the audience, how the hell did you end up here? <laughs> well, I always say that I came in through the back door <laughs> to feng shui. It was uh, it's never one of those things that you think about, uh, you know, majoring in in college. <laughs> um, and so it had to come about in a, you know, very, very strange way. I was, you know, I was always a very academic student. You know, I was, uh, I, I loved school. You know, I was a good student. And so it made sense to, you know, get higher education in my family. Um, but as soon as I started practicing law, I was, I was just really unsatisfied. You know, it's like I had hit my goal of, of having, a, you know, an office on the 27th floor of downtown Nashville. And, but I realized I'd never really set a goal past that. And I was, you know, 28 hitting upon my Saturn return and just feeling like what's next and just having no satisfaction in my day-to-day -day work and just feeling even more than that, like uh, uh, my potentiality was being not, not being used. And I'm, I'm saying these things because I, th I think so many people can relate to that of feeling like your day-to-day, -day, you know, energy is not going to its highest, highest potential um, and whatever, whatever you're doing. And so I, um, I began to search of, you know, what's next, how can I, how can I be of service in a better way that in a, in a more fulfilling way for myself as well. And so I began to have these dreams at night of, of these, these spaces and they were amazing. They were like beyond anything you could see in architectural digest or dwell magazine and, and I just kept having a series of these dreams and, um, and I didn't really think much of them except for these are really cool. Um, and then I, in a kind of a, a night of, of despair, I was at a bar and this, this kid next to me, he was, he turned 21 years old that night and he was so excited about life. And, and, um, I was complaining about practicing law and, and he said, he said, well, what do you dream about at night? I said, well, interior design spaces. He says, well, then that's what you need to do. And um, he's like, I, I, dream about, I dream about flying, so I'm going to be a pilot. And it was just, his, his, it was so simple, you know? It was like this simple wisdom of like, oh, okay. 
And so um, that next week, I, I applied for interior design school. And um, for the next three years, did that, did that at night while I practiced, practiced law. And, um, and then along the way, I started getting into yoga and energy work and all of that good stuff. And that's where it kind of it all kind of came together um, into feng shui. Um, so yeah, it's, it was a windy, it was a windy path, lots of doubts of what I was doing, why I was doing it, you know, where is this leading all, where is this all leading to? Um, but the, the one thread that was always, that's always been consistent through the law, through all of it was my desire for writing. And so, um, so where I kind of left off with, um, writing and legal writing, I picked up with writing about feng shui. Yeah, I, I think that this story is really important because a lot of times, especially with social media, I feel like people see all the glamour and the glitz and they think that like success and the things that we achieve in life are a straight line. And in fact, they are very messy. Um, there is a lot of doubt. There's a lot of uncertainty. You're in a constant state of questioning of, am I doing the right thing? Especially when you go from something so left brain, analytical, uh, totally acceptable to society, uh, and the correct path as Western culture would say, and then do this complete right turn and say, you know what? No, I'm going to go into energy. So I think it's so important for people to hear this because I think that we can get so caught up in the, oh, but I should, rather than, but what, and I love the 21 year old, like, well, then that's what you need to do. <laughs> so simple. <laughs> and I love that you took his advice. <laughs> well, it was like that, that quote, that Anaya Nian quote about, you know, when you, when you restrict so much that there's the, the, the fear of not doing something, you know, outweighs the fear of doing it. I had kind of gotten to that point. Um, you know, in hindsight, I, I realized that really what was going on was that the parts of myself that were untapped potential was actually my entire right brain. You know, it, the going through, you know, doing yoga and energy work and the feng shui and kind of going into the spiritual spiritual area awoken my right brain. So I had a very active left brain. It was doing fine, being very analytical. But it was actually to just uh, integrate, you know, these new these aspects of myself and become more of a whole person. Um, was really on a more on a bigger soul soul trajectory. What that whole period was about. Well, and I think you really hit the nail on the head by saying you were heavy on the left side because I think that that's true to our Western culture. Is is we are really bred to believe that we can think our way through everything, when in actuality we need to feel our way through everything. And I think we miss that a lot of times because, you know, we're so heavy and, and we lack so much in that creative, imaginative side. And we can lose a lot by doing that. And it reminds me of what Carolyn May says about, you know, stop chasing a dream that doesn't belong to you. Like, that's the reason why it's not showing up. It's the reason why it's not happening. It doesn't belong to you. So you have to feel into it to really have an understanding of where you belong and where you're heart is leading you to go stop ignoring it right <laughs> absolutely and I think it did you know I think it I think yoga is this was such a important part of that process of 
of um you know it was my first i mean this was like the late 90s early 2000s um so now i know every this is what i was learning then is kind of more mainstream the importance of meditation and yoga and just being still so that you can hear the inner voice um so yeah it, it, it you know when you're bombarded by the shoulds and shoulds and the from externally and internally it can be difficult to um you know figure out what your soul's next step um or desire is a few years ago i I think it was about two years ago carol olmstead who is also a feng shui practitioner i think she's in new mexico she uh put out a newsletter which i thought was really funny and i always love to ask uh this question to people who are in the energy world um but she wrote a newsletter about that she had been invited to speak on her local news station for uh doing an odd job and i thought that that was really funny because she even said in the newsletter she said at this stage of the game i've been practicing for 25 years um you know and i think it's more acceptable now than it's ever been And I think she's right. I thought it was really funny that they considered this an odd job. And I'm curious because you've been in the world of, you know, what society really considers to be accept, you know, this really uh, fancy acceptable profession as an attorney and now doing feng shui and energy work and and your wife is a astrologer and medium, you know, what's your thoughts on this idea of this being an odd job? (laughs) I Feel like it's a perfect fit for me because I feel like an odd person, so it feels right <laughs> for me. In fact, being normal really is very difficult. I find it very boring. Uh, so, but on a more on a more external um, point of view, I have found it to be very helpful to uh, to have the background of being an attorney and other in people's eyes. I feel like it gives them a, a sense of legitimacy to the work. Um, in that, you know, I think a lot of times in the spiritual world, they get a bad rap of, of the integrity um, of it, um, either of, our, of, of doing it or, you know, charging for it or even the work itself. And so I feel like I have done a lot to help legitimize um, feng shui. And it's actually part of, you know, part, part of my mission is actually to not only to legitimize it, but take the superstition out of it to make it really practical and accessible for people. And, um, you know, my, I started my practice out in Nashville and um, of course where you, where you live and, and now in California, which I think we've like traded places. I think um, so. <laughs> and I found that it, when I, when I presented to people and within workshops or talks or whatever, um, people were really receptive to it. Um, and because I think I approach it kind of in a no-nonsense kind of way, I come from a very skeptical mindset myself, and so I can kind of put myself my um, put myself in their shoes of 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 you know thinking that this is a little woo-woo. In fact, it was actually through my my feng shui practice with clients and seeing that they became more my my proof for myself than even you know my own studies of it. It was like. I, every client and, and seeing the changes that happen in their life, um, I've become a, a bigger and bigger believer <laughs> over the years in this work. Um, yeah, so it's, 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 it's really, it's, it's fun. It's fun to watch. 
Yeah, I think that's the best part is that, you know, the, the questions that I often get are, well, how long is it going to take and what's going to happen? And it's like, well, I don't know, let's wait and see. Like, but whatever I come up with, it's not going to, it's going to be better than that. <laughs> you know, it's going to go beyond your imagination. And I think it's so fun. Uh, I actually had a client on the show last fall and she had been in the corporate world for 25 years and got let go. And she was freaking out. She was like, Amanda, I don't know what I'm going to do. And like, I'm 55 years old. And you know, what am I going to do if I'm not in the corporate world? And I just, who's going to want me? Cause I'm so old now. And I said, well, let's stop focusing on that. And let's just, you know, focusing up on, uh, just opening you up to miracles and, and the opportunity that's out there. And so she only did one thing and, one of her dreams, her, her life dream was to coordinate uh, an award show. And two weeks after she did one feng shui thing, she landed the ESPY awards. <laughs> wow. And if she had asked me, you know, what should I expect? I would have been like, I don't know, you make it a new job. Like, you know what I would have come up with would not have been that. <laughs> right. So, wow. You know, that's, that's a good story. Yeah. And other, other times you can't, the, 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 the output is not measurable, you know, um, it's like, how can you put a ta tangibility on happiness or like more fulfillment or, or more energy? You know, sometimes people are looking for that external uh, change of getting a new job or getting, landing a big job, a client deal like that. But a lot of times the change, you know, all changes, first of all, have to start internally of, um, believing or, or wanting something uh, believing you can have it and then um, so I find a lot of a lot of the work is just helping people change their mindsets and um, and sometimes it's it's changing people's mindsets about their home and and, and seeing it changing the perspective they have of, of it being this challenging space and, and instead creating it to be a supportive environment and how they can enhance it um, and of course, thereby enhancing certain aspects of their life. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that it, it, in a lot of a lot of projects, it really is much softer and quieter. It almost comes in as whispers. But those those small little ripples, if you are aware of them and pay attention to them and nurture them, they can turn into dramatic life changes. Um, that can result in really big things. And yeah, I think that we tend to be so busy and hurried and rushed that we can miss those. We can miss the magic. Um, and it can literally be unfolding right underneath your nose. And I think the mindset part is a, is a big part. Um, and I'm curious as I'm, I'm thinking about this, you know, I, you've now been in, you've had both feet in the corporate and also now the woo world. How have you felt emotionally as far as a level of satisfaction? Because I think a lot of people have a calling. They have that undercurrent where they want to do something different, but they stop due to fear. And you made a huge leap from something that, again, we were just talking about, which was very acceptable into something that is woo and, and it could be quite scary. But on a level of satisfaction and fulfillment, what did being an attorney give you as opposed to what feng shui and energy work has been giving you? Well, it's given me 
self-employment, which is, which in my day-to-day life uh, is essential. Uh, and so, and not that I can't be self-employed as an attorney, but at that point in my life, it was not a possibility, um, or at least it did not seem like a possibility. Um, but, you know, I, there probably has not been a day that I have not wanted to go to work since starting, since starting the healing art, healing arts, um, career, you know, whereas I'm sure so many people can relate to like the Sunday, the Sunday depression of like knowing the work week is about to start back again. Like I remember being depressed every Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Um, and now like, yeah, I have, I mean, if anything, I probably work too much um, and even work on the weekends because I love what I do and, and the means in which I do it through, whether it's, you know, um, even the social media ex- aspects of, 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 of self-employment and uh, having your own brand, I really enjoy. Um, so, yeah, I love all, all pieces of it. Of course, you know, there's always satisfaction when you hear a client or someone who's read a, uh, one of my books or something who had you know, a positive impact on that's always amazing to hear um, and and uh, that kind of refuels refuels um, you know, on some days where you wonder if what you're doing is making you know positive impact um, so yeah I um, yeah just a real feeling of job satisfaction on all levels um, is, is, is really the, the biggest difference for sure And I think that's important for everyone to hear that we get often caught up in fear and, you know, the what ifs and, oh, but my corporate job is safe and I have a steady paycheck and, you know, all the things that we tell ourselves that, you know, maybe prevent us from moving forward. But I think what's so great about Tisha's story is that, you know, it was a very windy path. It took her a little bit of time to really figure out what really made her fulfilled and happy. But I I think she's right when you get to that point of, you know, I've been self-employed now for 15 years and like, I don't think I'm not normal, but I don't think I could ever go and work for someone because I wouldn't be able to play by the rules. (laughs) Like the schedule and being told what to do. Like, I'm just unemployable. Like I just, you know, (laughs) I would be that employee. I, I would be terrible, but I think it's really important to, you know, for those who are listening who maybe are getting really caught up in the fear, the, I think this is a true testament to following your bliss and being willing to take those risks and to continue searching, you know, continue searching for what your soul really wants. Because I think if you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing, um, Mastin Kip says that if you aren't doing what you're supposed to be doing, the world is less. And I think that's so true because you have a calling each and every one of us is an individual and we have a calling that is a gift to the world. And for whatever reason, if you're holding that back for fear, the world is less and it's so much fun. I I agree with Tisha that like, I forget what day it is. Like I'll be doing all this work and video work and stuff. And it'll be a Saturday. I'll be like, wait, what what day it was it? I I thought it was Thursday, (laughs) but they all kind of run together now. Um, But I think when you reach that level of fulfillment, you really get to that place. And and it's that old adage of, you know, if you're really doing something you love, you don't work a day in your life, right? You kind of meet that place. So 
I get a lot of people that are suffering and I think if they would just stop overanalyzing and overthinking, I think that they could find that bliss and just be okay with the fact that it's going to be messy. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'll, um, I kind of forgot to mention the, the piece about the fear piece, um, and taking a risk and all that. I, I feel like I actually never took a risk like, or jumped off a cliff. And so, and this is something I, I've, I, I want to help. I, I, I do business coaching as well. And like that I want to help people with in career transitioning to where you're not feeling like you're jumping off a cliff. Now, some people, maybe they do need that as part of their path um, to, to jump off a cliff and, and be caught by a net. Um, it wasn't part of my path. I'm actually pretty risk averse. Um, and so this, my transition, this transition, um, career transit took place over, you know, good six, eight years. And, um, and I was at least fortunate enough to where I could start to go part-time with law and then go on to just a contract basis with law to toward the, toward the end, just working like an hour a week of law to where I was building up my practice. Meanwhile, you know, I, I downsized houses. Um, you know, I was, I was smart and, and, and strategic about it. You know, um, and so I, I want to make sure that that's in there. I think the, the one place that was risky, however, was um, with my family. And I think this is a big piece that a lot of people um, are challenged by as well, of what's your family going to think? You know, I was, I was, you know, the attorney in the family. I mean, like, I got good creds, you know, for that, you know. Um, and so giving that up to become a what? A feng shui? <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> um, and so, you know, I think... I think it would have been harder had I not already kind of um, kind of ruffled a lot of feathers with coming out as being gay. And so I was already kind of doing, you know, odd things in their eyes. And so just adding this to the mix you know, was just another, another thing that I was, you know, another hurdle um, to try to have them understand or not that I tried that hard, but um I think actually being a vegetarian was the hardest change on them. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, you're just killing it over there, Tisha. You're just killing it. <laughs> or maybe we should say you're nailing it. <laughs> well, I think it's an incredible example of continual excavation to really not give up and to, to continue the search to find your bliss, to find your purpose and to, you know, continually, uh, as guru, uh, Sri, Sri, Sri Ravi Shankar says, like, have a handshake with your fear, have a handshake with being uncomfortable, like, um, and, and not giving up, like really sit with it. And I think that you've done such a great job at that. And, you know, now you have this incredible feng shui empire. You're impacting other people. You have four books. Um, she has so many books. We were just going over this before the show. She has Clutter Intervention, Decorating with the Five Elements, Mind, Body, Home, and Feng Shui Your Life. And if you've worked with um, me, the feng shui elemental test that we give out is actually Tisha's because I was just telling her this before the show, a lot of them that are out there are pure nonsense. They're like, I mean, one of them that I have is 16 pages long. One of them is 10 pages long. They're just ridiculous. And 
Fishes is great because it's short, sweet, and to the point, and it's it's right on the money. It, I mean, it, it's really, really well done. You said a minute ago that your your big thread throughout all of this has been the desire to write. Did you know that? Did you have an inkling that you know when you started writing that it was going to be about feng shui, or what did you think you were going to be writing about? Well, what I've always wanted to write is actually fiction, and so that's going to be my next down the road next um, challenge. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so no, I, I actually did not um, intend to, or didn't even think about writing. I mean, I started a feng shui practice, and um, and at the time I was teaching yoga, and one of my yoga students said, "Hey, you know, she had just gotten a book published. She's like, hey, you should contact my publisher. They're da 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 da." She gave me like a tip. She tipped me off and gave me an email address, and so I was like, "Oh, okay." And um, and like I went home that day, and I came up with an outline that fit their protocol, and did like put together a proposal, and it got accepted. I mean, it was just like insane of like how honestly how easy it was, and that but just was it. I mean, it sounds pretty synchronistic there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and you know, in years of hindsight, I realize in my astrology chart, publishing is like very highly aspected. Though. So, oh, well, uh, there you go. <laughs> stars are my favor. Um, <laughs> now, the second book was not nearly as easy. Um, I kind of had soft, the sophomore, what's that called, the album, sophomore slump or whatever. It was much, much more difficult. Um, in fact, it took about five years of writing that book and different, different angles with it. And this is the Mind Body Home book. Even though it was the first book that I started, actually, I started writing that book um, prior to um, my feng shui practice, um, just through journaling, because these things were happening that I was witnessing as, as I was renovating this house, and I, they were so uncanny. And this is what tipped me off and really opened me up to feng shui to begin with, um, of just seeing the correlations that were taking place in my home and how they aspected certain aspects of my own life. Um, for example, when I would upgrade the, the electrical system, like from a 200 amp, I forgot, like 100 amp to 200 amps, um, like I got a boost in my energy level. And like there was these, these at one point I owned, two houses at once because I was um, selling one and buying one and there was like an overlap and the same, the same uh, part of the air conditioner would go out within minutes of each other. It was like the craziest things were happening. And so I, which was about um, the, the HVAC system has to do with our, with our, um, it was a, it was a symbol, 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 symbolizing my exhaustion during that time because I was overworking myself trying to get these houses ready to go. And, and so I began to correlate every aspect of the house with, with an aspect within our life, mentally, physically, emotionally. And that was um, finally put together in a book, um, Mind, Body, Home. Yeah, I... I I don't want to pick favorites, but it's definitely one of my favorites. It's, I really, because it was something that I innately knew. I didn't know how I knew it, but I remembered in the late nineties when my then husband and I had purchased our first home, I had experienced many of the same things that you wrote about in the book. And I thought it was crazy. And that it was at the same time when I started design school and I started working under my first grandmaster, Marcy. And I would tell her what was happening, and she's like, yeah, 
you have to pay attention because your home is speaking to you. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so I loved that book because I had had very similar experiences. I had resonated with that. And I think it probably happens to a lot of people and they just don't pay attention. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's the, just as we have the mind body connection with each disease or, you know, thing that happens in our body, it's just a, you know, it's, a, it's our body speaking to us. Our home does the same thing. Our, our home speaks, like your teacher said, speaks our mind. Um, so yeah, it's definitely going, going on. Um, whether you're aware of it or not, it's going on. <laughs> well, and I think it's really spectacular if you do open your eyes and you do pay attention because that's when you really see the magic unfold and you're like, wow, like, wow. <laughs> it starts to get really, like you said, uncanny and, and pretty incredible. I'm wondering, you know, I really feel like you've gone full circle and, you know, now you're with this incredible partner that really speaks and understands your language. What has, you know, just starting out in this corporate world and, and really circling into your, your true purpose and your bliss, what has all this energy stuff and, and being in the woo world really taught you? It's taught me how to shop for houses. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a bonus. That's a perk. <laughs> so in the, ever, ever since I uh, started my feng shui practice, which was like 2006, eight, or soon thereafter, the planet Uranus moved into my fourth house, which Uranus is the planet of like surprise and fourth house rules property. And so since 2010, I've moved 16 times. Oh my God. And I always say my, my houses have been my guru with, with regards to feng shui because each, each one has taught me multiple things in addition to becoming my own feng shui little laboratories of me trying out things, <laughs> me trying out remedies and, you know, doing tests and things. Um, but now, uh, so Uranus is finally moving out of um, Aries, which is, and so now things have calmed. We just um, purchased, I just purchased uh, we, we purchased our home to, that's going to be like our longtime home, which is the first time I've lived in a house like that um, since since I moved from Nashville. And it's the first house that I got to say, it's kind of perfect, like feng shui perfect. It is a, such a perfect floor plan for feng shui. Um, it's a number eight. You know, there's a fireplace in the fame corner. I mean, it has all the things you look for. Um, and feng shui and it's like I feel like I finally you know graduated and become a feng shui master <laughs> after these these all these moves of like learning and you know figuring out what to do with a toilet in a bad location and all that so um, so yeah I have graduated finally in my own feng shui learnings you've been rewarded <laughs> I'm curious in your opinion, what do you think uh, is the most important like philosophy or, or maybe principle that's in feng shui that you, you, you feel since you work with so many students and stuff that's often overlooked or, or maybe misunderstood? Mm, well, my mind always goes to either love or money. <laughs> and so yeah. I think, Two reasons we're called, right? <laughs> exactly. And I think with regards to money, desk, desk position, oh my gosh, is a deal, is a, you know, a game changer. And then, um, 
with love, you know, um, making sure you're not doing any of the no-nos, functionally no-nos with regards to the master bedroom. Yeah, and I would say you're right. We often get called for love or money. Those are my, my top two. Um, and I would say what's undervalued too is I have never once, and I, I've been practicing for 20 years, but I've been more public about it probably for the last, I don't know, eight years. And I have never once gotten a phone call to boost knowledge. So if you're listening to this, I'd really like to get a phone call to boost knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty undervalued. And hey, you know, you need to know what to do with your love life and you need to know what to do with your money. So knowledge is important. (laughs) Yes. Well, you know, I, I am not sure if you practice this or not. I've seen it have a higher and higher correlation that the guas opposite of each other um, have a very strong influence. So actually wisdom or knowledge, the wisdom knowledge gua has a very direct correlation or uh, affects greatly the love corner. So that could be a new angle for you. <laughs> it does. Opposite laws work together. My teacher says that all the time. So if one is lacking, the other one is going to be lacking as well. So functionally tip right there for you. So start looking at your floor plan to see what's going on. I'm curious of your, we were just talking about your books. I told you what my favorite is. Do you have, is it allowed? I don't know if it's allowed. Do you have a favorite of your books that you've written? Mind, Body, Home is actually my, I, 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 it's been, I call it my baby. It's been my baby ever since, um, since I started it, which was my, it was my first, it was my first book as well that I started writing. I think that's probably my favorite. Um, Clutter Intervention would probably be a close second. I think Clutter Intervention um, from a personal standpoint, my writing has, um, has become so much better over the years and Clutter Invention being the most recent book I wrote. Um, I feel like from a writing standpoint, I really like that book. Um, and of course the content's uh, great as well, but, um, that book, that book is pretty near due to my heart too. I, I wrote it, um, just right after my mom passed away. So it, it was very heart, heart filled but about as heart filling as you can be about clutter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, clutter holds our emotions. So it makes sense that it would be, it's probably, it was really probably the perfect time for you to write it because you were really in that heart centered space. I'm curious of the two books, what is one piece of advice that you had in, in uh, mind body home that really you love and, and what about in clutter intervention? Like the two concepts of the book, what are your two favorite things that you wrote about in them? With Mind, Body, Home, you know, it, it was really that the whole book centers around the, the symbols of the home, like we, we were just talking about. Um, the first part, the first part one of the book is just um, uh, just a really good all around, like what feng shui is, the Bagua map and all that. So it's, it's very practical. But I feel like that book is more about awareness of like, oh, wow, you know, there's more to your home than you realize. And I think that message in and of itself is, it's really eye-opening for people. So it's more of a, a book of awakening. Whereas Clutter Intervention, um, it's, a, it's a deep soul dive. It's, it's a very, you know, going deep into the psychology of why we hold on to what we hold on to. And my, you know, my uh, theory or proposition being that once you know the why, that, the how is actually really easy. Um, so, but you have to, to know why is a really a deep, 
a deep dive and I like going deep. It's definitely the, it's a, a deeper, deeper book, I suppose you could say, um, than any of, than any of the others. The others are a little bit more, uh, prescriptive. Um, and this one's definitely more soul, soul searching. And why can get really uncomfortable, <laughs> right? You start to take that deep dive, which is exactly probably where we all need to go uh, to get to the root of it. Yeah, I've had a lot of readers say that it's it's the one clutter book that's really, uh, really opened them up and got them moving stuff out. Um, that it's, it's it's the one that that finally did the trick, and it was which means that it's you know, people who are willing to 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 um, to go there. Awesome. So what do you, you know, you, like I said, a minute ago, you've, you've now got this feng shui empire where you've got, you know, your books to really get people started and, and to uh, get curious about feng shui. You have earth home, you've got classes, you do workshops of all these things combined. What do you really hope that people take away from all of this and, and really gather from your teachings? That's such a great question. Um, you know, yeah, all of it's for living your best life. And, you know, I use the home as just the, as kind of the impetus or the, where the conversation starts mainly because it's just, it is a mirror for, for your life. And so you can kind of, you know, look around your home having these principles and you can, and you can make changes. Um, it's, it's a three third dimensional way of making change, um, which for, for these con these concepts that are otherwise very conceptual and so my approach actually now with with this body of work is using it almost in a law of attraction kind of way of of what do you want what do you want to manifest um, and of course when we ask that question the next question is how are we blocking it and so how are we blocking it is somewhere in your home and so I help people you know, find those blocks or those, these subconscious little um, mind fills that are usually lurking around in our closets. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, seeing our blind spots, you know, actually seeing blind spots, that sounds like an oxymoron, but it's, you can, you can see in our, in your house, blinds, the blind, where the blind spots are and removing them in order to manifest what, whatever you're wanting, whether it is that's related to love or money or, and of course now knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we need to be smarter about it. I think my next book, I'm going to call the missing law. <laughs> <Knowledge>. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you can say thanks to Amanda Gates. She gave me the idea. <laughs> Tell us more about, I mean, you have a lot of, um, Tisha, uh, mentioned earlier you know she does feng shui she's also a business coach uh she's an energy healer she's got a just like her wife rachel she's got a bevy of uh tools in her toolbox tell the audience just a little bit about what all you do and um more about earth home uh school of feng shui and and all the amazing things that you offer yes yeah, so i've you know, I'm, I'm i've moved more into you know, teaching, um, of course, writing, and, and trying to get this this knowledge or helping people, this awareness for for folks on a is a bigger on a bigger level than I can just do working one on one with clients. And so, uh, teaching and teaching people whether it's um, just a DIY course for themselves or 
Um, my favorite, you know, what I, my favorite thing I have is my certification course to where um, people become certified feng shui professionals. And so then they can bring this work into, into the world and integrate it with their, with their existing um, bag of, of, or their you know, bag of tricks or toolbox of working with clients. And, um, and so that's, that's one of the ways that I feel like I can, you know, multiply myself in the best way possible um, is, uh, is teaching you know, on a broader, broader scale. You also have uh, an event coming up in July at 1440, uh, Multiversity. Tell us about that and, and what you're going to be offering and where it is. Yeah, so 1440, if you're not familiar with it, is this amazing retreat destination center. Um, it's up in Northern California among the Redwoods. I went to an event there um, this last fall and just fell in love with the facility. Of course, I'm very space oriented. So um, it, it met all my criteria and their food is freaking amazing. Um, so yeah, I'm doing, I'm going to be teaching a weekend retreat there and I'm going to be, be using all of um, all the tools that I use and kind of combining them into the weekend, you know, integrating feng shui and decluttering and, and um, yeah, seeing where our blocks are, removing them, getting clear of what we want and, um, and just finding ways to live the best life we can live is really, is really my, my goal for folks. But so yeah, anyway, that weekend, it's going to be, it's going to be really awesome. So um, you can go to their website, 1440.org um, to get information and their website's a bit like eye candy. You're going to get lost in all the beautiful pictures. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like Kripalu. You just go on there. You're like, Oh, I'd like to go there. Oh, I'd like to learn that. Well, I'm just going to have to move in for the next year. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, they should just have a like a residency, like all year pass. <laughs> yeah, like just turn it into an ashram. Like I'm just moving in. I'm just going to be here for a while. Well, Tisha, I want to thank you for coming on today. I knew that this was going to be really fun and enlightening, and I I, uh, I appreciate you delighting me in all your questions and answers and and uh, teaching the audience today. If they want to learn more about you, where can they go to find you? My website is tishamorris.com. And everything you can find, everything you that I have from from that from that space on, yeah. And I just want to I just want to say thank you to uh, thank you, Amanda, because you've been such a trailblazer with in this field and in the work you do. And I think you were the first first person that I ever knew that did this thing called a podcast. So 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 cheers to you for. <laughs> forerunner of technology and of, of all these these fun these fun modalities yeah it's it's funny I, I I've actually heard that many times I've got a good friend Kim Salter who's also been on the show and um, she too was an interior designer and she was jaded and she was excavating and trying to search and find and search and find and she said, I really, she's also a medium, and she said, I have this secret gift, and I really wanted to do energy work and be an energy healer and, and go into my mediumship, but I was terrified, and I was fearful, and she said, Amanda, you went balls to the wall, and you just went out there, and you just told everybody, I'm here, and I'm doing energy. <laughs> so she said the same thing. She's like, you've been kind of a trailblazer of just putting it out there and letting your freak flag fly, and I'm like, 
Well, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. I really, really appreciate it. I think I'm, I'm really glad that you said yes to come back on. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Wasn't that such a great interview? I love, love, love having Tisha on the show. It's always so enlightening and it's always great to have uh, or talk shop with someone that knows the language. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this show today. And I think it's also a testament to the fact that energy and its medicine that it gives us is um, on the rise. I think a lot of people are hungry for this kind of work and we're hungry to find new modalities, even though they're not new, to make us feel good. And it reminds me of a quote by Einstein. A new type of thinking is essential if mankind is to survive and move towards higher levels. And to me, feng shui is that higher level. All right, everyone. I hope that you've enjoyed the show today. If you would like more information, you can head over to our website at gatesinteriordesign.com. If you are interested in receiving a floor plan reading, you can reach out to us at Let's Chat at thegatescompany.com. And don't forget to go over to iTunes and leave us a review. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.